Chapter Thirty Four of Nobody's Man by E. Philip Sopinon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Berard. Chapter Thirty Four. There was a tense air of expectation amongst the little company of men who filed into one of the smaller lecture rooms attached to Demos House a few afternoons later. Two long tables were arranged with sixty or seventy chairs, and a great ballot box was placed in front of the chairman a little round of subdued cheers greeted the latter as he entered the room and took his place the right honourable john weevil a privy councillor member for sheffield and chairman of the ironmasters union dartrey and talent appeared together at the tail end of the procession miller sprang at once to his feet and addressed the chairman mr chairman he said i call attention to the fact that two honorary members of this company are present i submit that as these honorary members have no vote and the present meeting is called with the sole object of voting a chairman for the year honorary members be not admitted mr weevil shook his head honorary members have the right to attend all meetings of our society he pronounced they can even speak if invited to do so by the chairman for the day i am sure that we are all of us very pleased indeed to welcome mr dartrey and mr talent there was a murmur of approval in one or two cases a little dubious dartrey smiled a greeting at weevil i have asked mr talent to accompany me he explained because in face of the great issues by which the party to which we all belong is confronted some question might arise on today's proceedings which would render his presence advisable he does not wish to address you i however with the chairman's permission before you go to the vote would like to say a few words miller again arose to his feet i submit mr chairman he said arrogantly that when i had the privilege of being elected last april no honorary member was present or allowed to speak mr weevil rose to his feet gentlemen he said you know what this meeting is it is a meeting of fifty-seven representatives of the various trades unions of the country to elect a single representative to take the chair whenever meetings of this company shall be necessary this gathering does not exist as a society in any shape or form and we have therefore neither rules nor usages mr dartrey and mr talent although they are honorary members are i am sure welcome guests and whatever either of them wishes to say to us will i am sure be listened to there is no business all that we have to do is to vote to choose our leader for the next twelve months there are two names put forward saunderson and miller it is my business only to count the votes you may record presuming that no one else wishes to speak i shall ask mr dartrey to say those few words miller sat frowning and biting his nails dartrey moved to the farther end of the room and looked down the long line of attentive faces weevil he said and you my friends i am not here to say a word in favour of either of the two candidates between whom you have to choose to-day i am here just because you are valued members of the great party which before very long will be carrying upon its shoulders the burden of this country's government to tell you of one measure which some of you know of already which may help you to realise how important your to-day's choice will be you know quite as much about politics as i do you know very well that the present government is doomed 
but for an unfortunate difference of opinion between two of our supporters who are present to-day there is not the slightest doubt that the government would lose their vote of confidence to-morrow and that in that case if i still remained your chief i should be asked to form a democratic government a task which when the time comes it is my intention to pass on to one more skilled in parliamentary routine i want to explain to you that we consider the representative you elect to-day to be one of the most important personages in that government we have not issued our program yet when we do we are going to make the country a wonderful promise we are going to promise that there shall be no more strikes that sounds a large order perhaps but we shall keep our word and we are going to end forever this bitter struggle between capital and labor by welding the two into one and by making the interests of one of the interests of the other our scheme is that the person whom you elect to-day will be chairman of an inner conference of twelve we shall ask you to elect a further three from amongst yourselves which will give the trades unions four representatives upon this inner council four representative cabinet ministers will be chosen by ballot to add to their number four employers of labor elected by the employers association will also join the council and the whole will be presided over by the person whom you elect to-day there will be a select committee or rather fifty-seven select committees of each industry always at hand and we consider that we shall frame in that manner a body of men competent to deal with the inner workings of every industry they will decide what proportion of the earnings of each industry shall be allocated to labor and what to capital in other words they will fix or approve of or revise the wages of the country they will settle every dispute and their decision will be final the funds held by the various trades unions will form charitable funds or be returned as bonuses to the contributors i have given you the barest outline of the scheme which has been drawn up to form a part of our program when the time comes for us to present one to-day you are only concerned to elect the one representative i am here to beg gentlemen that you elect one whose theories whose principles whose antecedents and whose general attitude towards labor problems will fit him to take a very important place in the future government of the country there was a little murmur of applause miller was once more on his feet i claim he said that this is neither the time nor the place to spring upon us an utterly new method of dealing with labor questions what you propose seems to me a subtle attack upon the trades unions themselves they have been the guardians of the people for the last fifteen years and even though some strikes have been necessary and although all strikes may not have been successful yet on the whole the trades unions have done their work well i shall not accept in the event of my election the programme which mr dartrey has laid down unless i am elected with a special mandate to do so saunderson rose to his feet a man of different type blunt of speech rugged the typical working man's champion except for his voice which was of unexpected tone and quality mr weevil and the rest of you he said i differ from miller that's lucky because you can vote now not only for the man but the principle i have loathed strikes all my life just because i am a political economist 
enough to loathe waste and to hate to see production fettered that is where the fruits of the production are shared fairly with labor i like dartrey's scheme and i am prepared to stand by it saunderson sat down dartrey and tallente left the room while the business of voting went on dartrey had a private room of his own in the rear of the building and he and tallente made their way there those men have a good deal to decide tallente reflected it's queer how the balance of things has changed i don't suppose any cabinet council for years has had to tackle a more important problem i wonder how they'll vote dartrey speculated weevil's our man you can't tell tallente replied you've given them something fresh to think about they may even decide not to vote today at all miller has some strong supporters he appeals tremendously to a certain class of labor and that class exists you know dartrey which loves the excitement and the loafing of a strike which feels somehow or other that benefits got in any other way than by force are less than they ought to have been there was a knock at the door northern put in his head he was the boot and shoe representative thought i'd let you know how the thing's gone he said there's an unholy row there they've chucked miller saunderson's in by five votes i'm off back again miller's up speaking tearing mad he nodded and disappeared dartrey held out his hand thank god he exclaimed let's clear-cut talent nora must know about this at once we'll call at the house and enter your amendment against the vote of confidence and then nora i am not sure talent the man's a subtle fellow but i rather think we've driven the final nail into miller's coffin End of chapter thirty four